The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona. Every week here on ACB Media One, that's American Council of the Blind, Media One, and soon after on all your major podcast catchers. Each week, we'll dive into the news, human interest, and discussions about the issues surrounding all of us in and out of the American Council of the Blind community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Cupid or not to Cupid. That is the question we will ponder today. I'm your host, Anthony. You have uh, you not tapped into Merry Old England. Uh, this is Sunday edition. And I am so, so happy to uh, welcome back Mark and Becky to do one of our holidays or not to holiday kind of conversations. Um, but first, let me say hello to my partner in crime, Bryn. Happy um, non-Cupid Day. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Well, I guess it's not really morning for you anymore. It's past that, you know, if it's before noon, you can still call it morning. If it's afternoon, well, you know, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm doing good. I kind of feel like on Sunday, if it's pre-brunch, it's morning, and um, I haven't had a mimosa yet, so. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, if you're having your mimosa at 2 uh, p.m., then it's still morning. So there you go. I love that. So what are you doing on the phone zone tonight? Is it going to be Cupidy Love kind of parody songs? or? Yeah. So uh, this is actually kind of a good a good topic for me to precursor before my show because um, uh, a lot of novelty music and a lot of comedy music has to do with, um, you know, uh, the the frustration of being single on Valentine's Day or, uh, you know, the, the ups and downs of relationships and... Uh, you know, the strange and weird ways that they can uh, morph into things. So, um, yeah, we're going to be doing all all um, uh, love songs that are kind of funny or maybe um, I don't love you so much songs, <laughs> some breakup <laughs> songs and some things like that. So, yeah, uh, if you want to check it out, my website is funzone.show and we're on from Sunday, uh, Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. And that would be, uh, what is that, 8 until 10 Eastern on funzone.show. There is, um, I will throw in a request right now. There, I don't know the artist, but there's a song that I absolutely love that's hysterical. And it's, um, I love you more than my John Deere tractor, baby. That, <laughs> I love that. I will look up those <laughs> lyrics and see if I can find it for you, Anthony. <laughs> uh, Awesome. So in uh, Manning, our clubhouse is Brad. And of course, we have our lovely Sheila here for Zoom. Hey, every, hey, uh, you two. Happy, happy non Cupid Day. Same to you guys, <laughs> and ladies. Hello. <laughs> and hello to everybody in clubhouse. Um, if you want to join the conversation in a little while, throw, uh, throw those requests in and Brad will let us know. So, uh, the uh, man and woman of the hour, welcome back, Mark and Becky. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Good to be back. So I guess the question I'm going to pose first is, 
are you cupiding or non-cupiding this year? And uh, let's mix it up and start with Becky this time. Well, um, most of you know that I do have a spouse, but we are non-cupiding. Um, we we actually non-cupid a lot of years um, just because of what the meaning is to a lot of people. And for us, it's it's it should be every day and not just one day out of the year. Um, so we just kind of think about our single friends and, and, and that sort of thing. So we're non-cupiding. How about you, Mark? Well, ironically enough, not too long before this call started today, this show started today, I uh, finalized uh, plans for a, a, one of my many volunteer Zoom calls. So yours truly on Tuesday evening will be chit-chatting about nerdy policy stuff, which, you know, maybe that's what I'm all about. But yeah, so that, that tells you everything you need to know about my uh, celebration of the Red Heart Day on Tuesday. I'll be just doing what I, doing what I do. You know, I just have to jump the ship for a moment, Mark. I picture you as one of those kids who is totally into schoolhouse rock. Oh, my God. I, in fact, I have uh, several songs, several covers of the I'm Just a Bill uh, <laughs> thing. I mean, I knew all the words to that, and oh, my gosh. But you know what was fun? Those were super, super influential little yeah. tunes. And, you know, I can still, I will not do it for you because people will leave your show, but I could sing the thing about the Constitution, the we the people in order for a more perfect union. I could do all that. I, I loved all that stuff. Totally into it. I don't know if you Hulu or not, but um, there was a Schoolhouse Rock special last week, and it was actually audio described by um, BPI and ACB's very own Tristan Snyder. Um Really, 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 really. I'm gonna have to check that out. I'd miss that. Yeah. So for me, on the to Cupid or not to Cupid question, um, I well, first and foremost, I love giving presents. No, <laughs> anytime I get to pick out something cute and cool or whatever, I like to do. It. I but, do too. Come to think of it, yeah, that's a cool thing. <laughs> but I kind of agree with the you know, love and and affection should be shown every day, and, and you know, with all of the various conferences and family obligations and things we've got a lot of traveling under uh you know coming up so we're kind of non-cupiding it as well um we'll probably order something a little bit a little bit flirty that evening and um open up a bottle of wine but you know no big kind of uh, date plan or um he better not be expecting a big old chocolate heart because it's not coming (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious but yep. you know i wonder sometimes you know i, I there's always um I, I love hallmark movies and things like that and and i can get lost in a great romantic comedy but you know there's that other side of the argument that it, you know it's not really um it's not really a holiday it's it's something that hallmark and and various other manufacturers drilled into our heads and and it became a holiday because it became a commercial and marketing success any thoughts on that? What do you think, Becky? You know, um, I, I, I think you're right. It, it really is not a holiday, but commercialism has gotten into it. I know uh, Alan and I took a, a, a lady friend of ours who's 72 or three. We took her out for lunch a couple 
I think it was last weekend, so about a week ago, and we were driving by, and she makes the comment that, oh, well, there's the flower shop, and they got roses for $9.99, and Alan says, yeah, well, that's true until next week, and then they're going to be $69.99, <laughs> and, and I just kind of looked at him and laughed because I really didn't, I mean, I knew they weren't that expensive, but I didn't realize it was that big of a difference and so you know I I just kind of didn't really say anything because I didn't think I could be very nice about it but I think commercialism does get in the way of of the holidays and I think it's really has gotten in the way of this one so well and it teaches you the value of things when you think about so for the you know well couple of months anymore leading up let's say to the Christmas day holiday you know they're starting to talk roll out the christmas decorations you know not too long after labor day darn near it seems like and mm -hmm. and then and the prices are outrageous and then you go to the stores on the 26th 27th 28th of December. you know they're clearing it out everything's all of a sudden slashed down i mean it's just showing mm -hmm. you i mean value in that sense commercial value is whatever someone's willing to pay it's not what it really is worth uh, and even frankly, the stuff on sale ain't really what it's worth either. And uh, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of an interesting life lesson. Yeah, I took a couple of marketing classes in, in college, and I was amazed at, at some of the stuff that goes into creating campaigns and creating, you know, the ideas that we all think and, and some that are just so permeated into the the language the culture the you know the landscape of our life that we don't even realize it started with some sort of business marketing campaign and um valentine say you know i <laughs> i love february 15th man <laughs> you go to the local cvs and um you know you do pretty darn good for you know 20 bucks you can get like five bags of candy <laughs> <laughs> yep 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 That's all true. right so I know, um, Becky, you were um, working on something called Friendship. Um, do you want to share that with us? Um, yeah, I, I uh, was working on it, but didn't totally get it finished. So, you know, um, this might be a good opportunity for some folks here that might be able to help me finish it. Um, I like that. Let me just try, let me try to pull it up here. Um, so folks in Clubhouse and here on Zoom, you hear that? We're going to need some um, some class participation. Oh, man, I should have gold stickers, gold star stickers. Gold hearts. <laughs> exactly. Oh, little cupids with the little arrow. Little cupid, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. I do fall for a gimmick. I think cupid is adorable. <laughs> yeah. I picture Cupid having like a very Tinkerbell personality, you know, cheeky and, and, um, you know, uh, not wicked, but like, you know, giggly wicked kind of. Uh-huh. Yes. I think you're right about that. The thing about it is, isn't it the, the imagery of like shooting an arrow, right? And it pierces your heart. I mean, it's kind of, uh, right. It's not a, as if, as if love, or at least that form of love, the erotic love or romantic love, falling in love, is uh, is not necessarily all pleasurable. Uh, 
I, you know, I, it, it, yes. it hurts. It, it hurts to have a get a hard an arrow shot through you. you know? <laughs> I'll, I'll throw a little cougar melon camp in here. It hurts so good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're giving away our uh, our 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 coming of age years. Yeah. And and you know, when you were saying that it, it made me immediately think, and, and I'm not the first one, obviously there's been papers written on it, but um the whole Pepe Le Pew thing. I love you, I love you, I love you, and you know <laughs> like you're about to date rape this poor little cat. Leave her alone. <laughs> <laughs> you said it about me, but yes, I hear you. Yes. You don't look at it like that when you're a kid. And, and then even sort of like it shocks like a couple of years ago when they were ripping apart all of the Christmas songs. Uh, it's like it's like a shock to my offense. You know, all right, maybe, maybe, you know, Baby It's Cold Outside could be considered a little um, bushy, but I, I, that's not the way people thought back then. Yeah, you know, it wasn't the lexicon. So, do we just erase it because you know it's not no, it's not in political correctness anymore? Yeah, yeah. I wonder yeah. sometimes where we draw the line. But let's check in, Becky. Are we ready for some friendship? Sure, we are. Sure, we are. So, just to kind of give people a little background, I I like to take words and then try to write. I'm not a, a a big uh, professional writer or anything, but but I like to write, and in a lot of my writing is is thoughts and and processing things. But what I like to do is take a word, and then find words that um, go with the letters of that word. For instance, like today, and this is where I'm going to need some help. But I have the word friends, which when I think of Valentine's, I think more um, instead of love more it's friends whether it's friends with your spouse or friends with your next door neighbor or your classmate or um you know whatever your situation is and and that's kind of where I was going with it um and so I started out and said that you know friends are f is faithful they're always there um whether it's good times bad times um you know you, you can always count on them and then the r I wrote remembers um, and, and again, mm. it goes, to, they remember the good times and the bad times. They remember your birthday. They remember, you know, the first time you met that type of stuff. Um, the next thing I came up with, they include or includes, includes you in their life. Um, because, you know, we've got different, uh, levels of friendship where, um, you know, you might just know them. And to me, those are the acquaintances, but a true friend is somebody that does include you in their life and you're part of them and you are part of, or they are part of you. Um, everlasting was what I came up with for E because friends are usually to the end. True friends are to the end. Um, here's where I need your help. I couldn't come up with a word right away for N and D. So if anybody has any ideas for N and D, um, I'd love to add your input to this. Um, and then I'll just add what I had for us is supporting or supportive um, because your friends are supportive in everything that you do and all you strive to do. Um, so if anybody has anything for NND, I'm all ears for that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll throw an N out there. How about nostalgic? 
And, you know, when you are that kind of friendship, when you have that kind of friendship with people, sometimes just a word can crack you up or, you know, that whole reminiscence, just a moment that they'll say something in a certain way and it brings you back. That's a good one. Mark, any N or D? I'm, I'm, you know, I love these kinds of things usually. In my little brain, I, I just need another cup of tea or something because I'm going to have to, I, I, I just ain't coming up with anything creative at the moment, but give, give it some time. It'll percolate in there. Okay. Right, I'm going to throw it to our uh, folks, Bryn and Sheila and Brad, if you've got any, and, and then we'll take some hands. So I've got one. Um, I was thinking for N, it would be natural because someone who you're, yeah. it just mm -hmm. comes to each other naturally. You love each other naturally. You're just, you know, you, you, they can make you naturally laugh. You know, it's, it's just a natural a relationship. And then for D, I would say dedicated, um, you know, a friend mm -hmm. is dedicated to making sure that you're okay and being there for you. Good answer. Madam, I like it. Madam Dunkerson, I withdraw my N nostalgic um, <laughs> appendix. <laughs> Sheila, Brad, any, uh, any N or D thoughts? My D would be dear. Friends oh. are very dear to me. That's sweet. I like that. Do we but have any you do, have, you do. All right. Janine. Hey, guys. I love Valentine's Day. Um, those who know me know I'm obsessed. And, and I like to do these um, anagrams too, Becky. So for, for N, I think of nourishment because your friends give you uh. nourishment, you know, emotionally, um, spiritually, it, physical a hug can just do so much and and then d I, I was thinking dedicated but someone got that so um d <laughs> is devoted like i am so oh, devoted to my friends good word. Yeah. I, I always send the valentine i send out like 200 valentine cards so you know i just yeah so nourishment and devoted but i love your friends thing thanks janine so, so yeah. janine hopelessly yes. Hopelessly what? Are you hopelessly devoted? <laughs> um, to you, Anthony. Yeah, Only absolutely. to you. Before I let you go, I have to ask, you you strike me as the girl who, when you when we all came in with our Valentine's Day cards, yours all came with a little Hershey's kiss attached to it. Um, uh, my Valentine cards, I would home make something. I, I would like, um, give a pen with a flower on it, or I'd buy, I'd make little notepads or I'd make cookies for everybody. And I'd attach like a dozen cookies. Um, and my Valentine cards would have so much glitter on them. Yeah. So my Valentine <laughs> surprise me. <laughs> Nothing's changed though, Anthony. They have to be glitter and now they're pop-ups. They're the pop-up ones for my blind friends. So we can feel them. So yeah. Valentine's okay. Day is important. And, and by the way, all of you non-cupiding, I'm cupiding for sure. I'm cupid for us. Go for it. <laughs> I will. You know what? We're hanging out during leadership up in Alexandria. Plug, plug, plug. Go register for your virtual or your virtual and in person um, at ACB.org. Go into your account, et cetera, and register for the great activities. But um, I'm expecting a pop-up card, miss. Okay. I will. It's going to be late, though. You won't get it in two days. But yes. Sorry. Uh, 
<laughs> Sheila, who's next? Nobody. All right. You know, Anthony, I had a thought, of, and, and I don't know why I didn't think about this, you know, when we kind of did our little dress rehearsal a few days ago, but I had this really kind of bizarre uh, memory, and maybe it's, uh, you all know, think it's poignant or whatever, but I think it's illustrative of this whole issue of why do we participate in the holiday? I, I have to say, I'm not anti-Valentine's Day. I'm just kind of like over needing to have somebody tell me that it's time for me to feel uh, all warm and fuzzy and red and romantic. It's like, you know, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll get there on my own sweet time. I don't need to. <laughs> but I, I do wonder sometimes about um, what the pressure can be like for some people. So I remember being in second grade and they did this thing where, you know, all the kids in our class, I don't know, there were 30 of them, 30, 40, whatever, somewhere in there. And we each had like our little, our little bag that was supposed to be that had our little name on it and whatever. And it was all about, all the kids were encouraged to like have little cards that you would do and slip them into for Valentine's day. Right. And slip like, and, it, and it, they, they weren't making it a romantic thing, but essentially turning it into a, you know, would you be my you know, friend or do you, and of course what ended up happening was that all these little bags were hanging on a, whatever, a cork board or whatever it happened to be. <laughs> And of course, naturally, you know, the kids would put the stuff in over the course of several days. And then some people, they were all there for everyone to see. And so there would be all these kids. And of course, it was really interesting, you know, all the kids comparing who got the most cards, because you see like some of them, I mean, the bag was like stuffed mm -hmm. full of that. And, you know, yours truly had a, had a few uh, from different little friends in the classroom. And I've you know, gave a few away in classic Mark style. I think I might have given maybe like two away. Some people, you know, did like the whole room and all of that. But I had this super vivid memory of toward the end of the one school day after it was all over, there was one kid who literally had nothing in their bag. And I'm not entirely sure why I didn't. I guess that's right, because I only did a couple people. And this one kid had absolutely nothing and was crying to the teacher. And saying nobody in the class likes me so i mean it's a terrible thing when all of this stuff is on display for the whole world to see and it, it ends up sort of being a you know as it as if your value depends on other people liking you in some kind of casual way I think about the people who talk about you know their Facebook friends how many Facebook friends do they have or someone unfriended me here and I don't know why maybe it's just human nature obviously what I'm talking about second grade this is going back into the 70s so can't blame it all on social media today but maybe it's just a human nature thing where we we look for external validators things that we use as these very artificial standards for how we get our value uh, but also then not being sensitive enough to those people for whom um when they're not affirmed in that way and realizing what a very real uh impact that can have on somebody over something as childish as second graders giving little cutesy cards in in lunch bags yeah you know it, it evokes in my memory i played baseball all through you know, my school years and uh, in junior high i don't think we did it in high school i don't really no i'm pretty sure we didn't but in junior high for valentine's day they would sell carnations white mm -hmm. red or yellow 
Um, and you know, yours, yours truly fared pretty, pretty, pretty well in the flower shop game on Valentine's day. Um, you know, and, and you'd like, you'd be sitting in class and there'd be the monitors come in with like this little, uh, pat, you know, this little bucket of, of flowers and they would start calling it out and bringing them over to the desk and all that. And, and I was never really into, for, for someone who loves attention, I was never really into that piece yeah. of the it, it was always like, okay, you know, and then all my friends would start like grabbing me about it. And so I was like, okay, like this is, you know, this is cool. Thank you so much. Like, all right, who's next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Becky, yep. any, any fun, dumb memories of Cupid Day Past? I, I'm sorry, what was that, Anthony? I said, any fond memories of Valentine's Past? You know, um, you know, I was trying to go back into the, my uh, childhood days, and I can't remember anything from there, but I can remember, um, and Alan and I were just talking about this the other day. Um, he's like, well, do you remember your first Valentine gift from me? And we've been together. <laughs> we met in 99, so our first Valentine's would have been 2000. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, what was it? Because I think he was testing to see if I really remembered it. And, and I said, well, our, if I remember right, I said, I just got a computer that was given to me by somebody. And it was one of those old slow dial-ups that took forever. <laughs> and he said, yeah. And I said, and you gave me a hard drive because you said that it was not worth anything. And I said, yep, that's exactly, you know, he said that that's what I gave him or he gave me, I should say. And um, he said, you know why I gave you a hard drive, don't you? And I said, no. And he said, well, he says, I uh, kept asking my sister what to give you. You know, he's like, I didn't know what to give. What do you give a woman that you don't, you know, that you're dating, but you don't know what they want and all that (laughs) stuff. And his sister suggested giving me flowers. And he quickly, promptly informed her that he could not give me flowers. Um, and she did not understand it. And he said, Becky doesn't want flowers because flowers are weeds. Um, flowers you have to take care of. Flowers die. Flowers. I mean, any excuse I had. And I think the main thing was is. Um, I have allergies and so different smells of flowers can really send me over the roof. And I think that was the biggest reason, but I didn't want to admit it to him. I just said they're weeds, you know, they're, they're, there's nothing to them. They're garbage. <laughs> and so, to this day, he has never, ever given me a flower. And so it's, it's just one of those things that we laughed about the other day when we were talking about past, past times and, and kind of you know what I was saying earlier we we used to and this is prior to the pandemic and and the cancer days but we used to just um, pick a place in town tell all of our friends whether they were married single couple um, divorced widow whatever didn't matter um, told them that we were going to have dinner at such and such place from um, I think we did it from six to eight and anybody was welcome to come. Everybody plays, you know, pays for their own meal. But at least you're not alone. Um, and that's what we did um, for Valentine's Day is we we um, had everybody together. And, and it was kind of nice because you could see friendships form. And, you know, people didn't know everybody. And 
it, it was kind of fun, but but nobody was alone and nobody felt alone because it wasn't, you know, oh, I'm going out to eat by myself and there's all these couples around me. Um, so that was one of the that's one of the things that we we always did and and unfortunately we don't do that now and and I kind of miss that but it, it's you know life goes on yeah how, how about you Bray? any um really standout special Valentine's Day memories you know, I can't really think of any. Um, Valentine's Day has always kind of been um, a capitalist, I- you know, idea to sell more chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always like to do something really nice a couple of weeks or a couple of uh, a couple of weeks before or after Valentine's Day because I feel like you know being prompted to do something nice because it's a holiday is cheap and it just doesn't feel legit. Um, but you know, there's always been dinner. There's always been, you know, like maybe flowers or something, but it, you know, um, I really like to go all out, not on Valentine's day. I'm, I'm just curious, your, your clients, what is about, what are Valentine's day like for, for your clients? If you want to give us like a smattering of images. Sure. Um, well, you know, it's funny, a lot of the people that I work with, um, you know, they've been married for a very long time. And um, so, you know, sometimes like one lady decorates her house for every season. So her house is just full of right now, it's full of hearts and cupids and and flowers and stuff. And she's got this funny, um, it's funny, it's like a a neon sign like you find at a bar but it's like a, a heart with a cupid arrow through it and it's really cute um but she drags out stuff from the attic every year for for valentine's day and uh christmas and thanksgiving i said you don't have any uh president's day decorations up there um but yeah for her it's an excuse to decorate um you know some people they've been together for so long that um you know Valentine's Day isn't the exciting thing that it was uh, when they were, you know, new, and it's just another day for them. And they're like, "Yeah, come on over on Valentine's Day. That's fine. We're not doing anything." And then others are like, "Absolutely not. We've got, we've got a night. You know, we've got a, we're, you know, we've we've rented a place, and we're going out to dinner. And we're, no, we're not having you over Valentine's Day. Don't even darken our doorstep on Valentine's Day." So I think everyone's <laughs> different. Well, guys, let's turn it back to Shill and see if we have any hands. One of the other things I was thinking about when we were, pre- you know, prepping for the show was, um, and I mentioned it for for the holiday shows as well. There's a, a book that really changed me when I read it, and um, it started a letter writing campaign called the "You Are Not Alone" campaign. And the book is "Darling, Comma You Are Not Alone." It's on Bookshare and Bard if you search it, but um, it inspired, uh, you know, first a, a small group of people and then it just, it it blew up into this amazing thing. And um, when we spoke about it over the holidays, there had been over 2 million instances of, of handwritten letters that had, that were sent out under the You Are Not Alone campaign. Um, but I, I loved when Becky started talking about, you know, friendship and, and that Valentine's Day is, is more important for her, for friendship. Um, and, and I really started to, to think, you know, it, it, these, the holidays are wonderful in the respect that they jog us. Life is so busy. We're, we're, we're always moving from, you know, 
for those of us that are blessed to, to have employment from, you know, from job to got to get home and make dinner and got to make sure the puppies are fed or the kids are off, you know, on the school bus. That science project is going to be due next week. So the holidays can sometimes be a really nice, you know, kickstart to to the old emotional brain. Like, hey, you know what? I, I may not have said I love you to the people that I care about over the last couple of weeks. Things have been busy or whatever. Um, and, and I kind of feel the same way about religion. It's, you know, I've never been one who I, I, I'm very spiritual, but religions themselves scare me a little, turn me off, although I've, I've found a home in the Episcopal Church and seem to be very happy there. But um, I always felt like religion is a beautiful thing in the community of it. You know, it's meant, humans, you know, we're meant to be communal. We're meant to be together. We're meant to be experiencing life together. And, you know, religion at its best and holidays at its best is is bringing community, you know, bringing togetherness. Mark, what, what are some of your thoughts? Well, as you were talking just then, naturally, I'm, you know, such a nerd. I admit it freely. So, and I, I was a church nerd and a Bible nerd growing up. Still, still kind of am a in in all those ways of course naturally as you were just talking i was thinking right see this is this is the genesis story right so there's the human in 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 paradise in the garden of eden and the you know god's comment is it's not good for the human to be alone so then the first thing that happens is you know god brings all the animals the human the human names all the animals and then the good book says but there's just not one that's appropriate for the human and then the next thing you know, uh, he falls asleep. He, in quotes, uh, falls asleep. And the good Lord takes the one and makes them two. And then they're presented to each other. And the comment that the human makes is, this person now, who she, right, in the story, she is like me, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. I mean, part of it is, whether it's a human, uh, whether it's a friend or a romantic interest, whatever, that love connection, it's finding someone who in certain a certain sense is like you and where you have that relational thing that happens and i mean I, lord knows i'm not a poet so i'm i'm going to going to stop here because i don't have poetic uh language to clothe it but you know use whatever terms you want that special spark or that whatever that just soulmate connection there's so many different ways we try to explain that but ultimately, it's that sense, it's almost like a recognition. Wow, at last, here is this person who is like me. And, you know, uh, I've talked about my closest friend in the world. And, you know, he and I are so different in so many ways. And yet there is a fundamental recognition of, I don't know if it's myself in him or he and me, but it's a recognition of, wow, I'm seeing certain things in the world, these things that I think are beautiful or things, frankly, that I think are disgusting or ugly, and they see it too. And wow, that bond, that connection is a really powerful thing. And it's an amazing experience when you find it, again, either in a, a, a close friend or a romantic partner. And of course, the romantic piece of that, right, where somehow now it's all the externals, the a physical relationship or a romantic, however you want to define that or how it blossoms for you. Those are ways in which you otherwise connect up with that person that you have a connection to, but it's a pretty powerful thing. But your your fundamental point, you know, we we're not meant to be 
alone and we find we thrive the best in um for sure in community but at the very least with another person and you know we've talked a lot about mental health and well-being over the course of time and whatever else can be said about that and this ain't given advice or therapy advice but it's just a simple fact that reaching out to another person uh is is healing for sure absolutely you know i i I've had a very interesting relationship with love throughout my life, you know, family love, friendship love, you know, love of oneself and, and love of what one does and all of that kind of, you know, intersectionality of there's not, you know, there's not one feeling inside us at, at any time, you know, we're, we're a conglomeration of the experience that has happened, the experience that's happening now, our hopes and dreams for, you know, what might happen, but, you know, I had a lot of, I guess you could call them mini relationships, um, where there was either really intense passion or really intense conversation and friendship and, you know, community, but not necessarily the passion or that, that thing, that oomph. And, you know, I, I got to a point where, you know, watching the Hallmark movies and all the romantic comedies and things like, I want that. I do want that, but I just don't believe in it. Like, I, I never got gobsmacked until mm-hmm. I got gobsmacked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing, you know, four years into it, the thing that they stay, they drum into us with, with the the movies and the books and the and the experiences that they show my 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 guy is my best friend my yeah. he is my very best friend and all the other stuff is you know icing on the cake or you know yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. cherries on the sunday but the fact that i never run out of things to talk about and the moment something happens good bad you know fearsome troublesome you know, exuberation, the moment something happens, he's the first one I think about. And yeah. and the first one I want to tell it all to. So it's, it's you know, when a holiday like this comes along, as much as I don't want to give into the commercialism of it, it still sparks me like, that's my guy. I want to do, you know, I want to do something, even if it's not a big chocolate heart. That's right. my guy. I want to celebrate somehow. <laughs> well, you know, and we said the same thing uh, in December about the December holidays and especially thinking about particularly the Christmas holiday and saying, you know, and we say it and it's cliche and yet there's a profound truth in it, right? Every day should be a Christmas day. Every day should be, and I guess maybe that's the bottom line why, again, I'm not so much anti-Valentine's Day. It's much as where, you know, uh, the, 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 the store keepers and the you know, the corporations want to tell me, okay, this is the day I'm supposed to build up. But you know what, dude, I'm on my schedule. I got this. And if I want to feel this way or reach out to people, I'm going to do it when I want to do it. And every day should do it. And this notion that somehow we need to be sort of regimented and jumping to someone else's command that, you know, we're going to do this on this day. Um, Yeah, that's that's obnoxious, really, when you think about it. You know, we got a, a, a lot of positive emails after after our um, holiday conversation, uh, and a couple asking if we were going to do something for this holiday, which is yeah. which is why we're doing it. Um, but it, there was there was one that that was really interesting, and the person was saying that 
even though we had the best of intentions, we our conversation could and probably was just as tr triggering for folks that are not having a good experience with the holidays at the time. And so in trying to reach out to those who might not have you know, a great support system or, or, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but it, it was, a, it was a dichotomy of, we know you're trying to do a good thing and we applaud you for doing a good thing, but you're just as, as, um, not bad. What was the word that was used? Uh, triggering as, as all the rest. Uh, any, any thoughts or comments on that? And I do. Oh, bad. I, I do. And I, and, and be, be, because it, it makes my blood pressure rise. So here's the point. The point is not to try to avoid things that will trigger. The point is to try to find ways in which to help people deal with and cope with and think through and be with them in their experience of things that trigger. You're never going to know what things trigger other people. And I will just, I'm not going to recount the whole story again, but just to, you know, my own couple of years ago experience with getting pitched headfirst into depression. I mean, look, I've gone through other troublesome times before and I've had disappointments before but you never know what it is with a combination of things that may actually be the profound trigger so it, it's not a question of uh, you know because the same thing could have been said if we had done a whoop-de-doo it's Christmas time and come on get the Christmas spirit what's the matter with you you know that would be triggering too the issue isn't whether things trigger the issue is how do all of us in community, particularly in ACV, but broader, broadly, more broadly speaking, if someone has a reaction that's negative, even when there are the best of intentions, and even when you've done all your homework to try to not be triggering, then not leaving anybody behind and being with them and supporting them in whatever experience they have. So that's kind of my reaction to that. Yeah, you know, I, I started thinking about, uh, it was a, a period in my early 20s, um, one of my cousins had gotten married and, and about a year into the marriage, they found out that he had a rare form of cancer. And, yep. um, you know, they were ultimately together for about three years. Um, you know, they were married for about a year and a half. And they ultimately, like I said, had about three years together. And, you know, after that, it was, don't talk about Sean. Um, you know, don't oh. mention Sean. You know, don't bring up certain things. And, you know, I have a very big family and everybody has their, their opinions. And, you know, yeah. I see the kind of conversation going back and forth. I, I remember thinking, of course, I was in my twenties at the time, but like, okay, this is way too much drama for, you know, <laughs> for the situation. Yeah. But on the deeper level, it was like, but how do you not mention, yes. you know, I, what I'm not supposed to, like, I'm not supposed to say, are you doing okay? You know, I, I've been thinking about you or, you know, I'm not supposed to mention that last year at the same time, you know, we all wanted to experience childhood again. So we went sleigh, sleigh riding, you know, at like two o'clock in the morning, um, Staten Island is full of hills. So, you know, yeah. you can pick a hill and just go whooshing down with the garbage can lid. <laughs> that's, you know, that's Staten Island's version of sleigh riding. Uh, like, I, you know, I'm never supposed to mention that again. It, it seems like such a, a disservice to the person that you you might trigger. And if it does trigger, then isn't that the best experience? That the best time to experience putting your arms around someone, whether physically or just emotionally and mentally, and saying, "Yeah, I, I, I feel, I feel you, and I've got you." Um, exactly right. You know, and it's safe. It's safe for you to feel this way with me. 
Well, and that's isn't that the core idea behind be inclusion? It isn't just allowing the person to sit at the table. I mean, you know, it's, it's in the special education world. It's not just about letting the blind kid or the kid with disabilities in the neighborhood school. You let them in the schoolhouse door and you don't provide any education for them. What the hell difference does it make if they're there? It's the same kind of thing with this too. It's 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 things may trigger, but you you go out of your way to be inclusive of not only the person but who they really are, with all of their differences from you. Yeah, I I couldn't you know I couldn't imagine you know never speaking of my of my dad or my mom again. You know it triggers. Yeah, it's you know, and and on eighty percent of the days it's not triggering. It's it's I I found the place where it's fond for me to to remember something that that my mom taught me or or an experience yeah. that happened even as crazy as it is even some of the really negative ones have softened oh, yeah. into a place where i can laugh about the absurdity of, yeah. of what was going on around it and not feel the stabbing of of pain that i felt for a long time around certain situations and it's I get, you know, that that old adage, you know, with age comes wisdom and with age, you know, comes acceptance. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're around for, for, all of, for all of our consciousness because they're true, they're tropes. They're, you know, yeah. they're uh, part of the human experience. So, you know, anybody out there, ask me about my mom if you want. Ask me about my dad. They, they're, they're such a part of who I am. And even though once in a while you might ask me and, and my body might go, oh, yeah. But that oof means they were they were alive and they were such a part of me that it oof. It's proof of you? their importance to you. Yeah, and, and proof that you know they meant a piece. You know, they're a piece of my world. They're they're a piece of who I am. How about you, Becky? Any thoughts? Um. I, I, nothing comes to mind right now, um, you know, but I hear, I hear what both of you are saying. And, and I think a lot of us on this show, um, the folks that are in the room with us here, you know, I think, I think they hear everything we're saying, um, you know, and everybody has a different way of processing um, things. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like you, Anthony, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's always been taboo to talk about somebody that's not there anymore. And I, I know in my own personal life, I, I would rather somebody ask or say, you know, how's it going or, or how are you doing? And, and again, give me the opportunity to say, I really don't want to talk about it or, um, you know, I'm doing okay, let's move on or, um, and, and each day is different. Um, and I think that's one thing that all of us need to remember is, okay, so today I'm not cupiding um, tomorrow, and it's not this year, I'm not cupiding, but next year I might be. And, and we, right. all have op- we all have the option to change our mind or to um, do something different. It might be today I'm not, but Tuesday things are different so maybe we will you know um yeah and we we all have to remember that we have that um because of where we live we have that flexibility and the ability to change mind and 
nothing is set in stone um, for most things. And, and I think that's important for all of us to realize is today I might say, no, I don't want to talk about it, but tomorrow I might. So Anthony, if I say no today, but I call you tomorrow, then <laughs> sorry, I didn't want to talk to you yesterday, but I do today. So, um, you know, and I think we all need to kind of be flexible in that because the way our, our minds are, are put together and the way our lives are. Um, yesterday, I might be too busy. Today, I might have a lot of time. So, um, you know, I think that's important for all of us to remember is just because they didn't want to talk to you once doesn't mean they're not going to the next time. So yeah. don't, um, don't just stop talking to them for whatever reason, because it, things change and, and our lives change. Everybody changes. Yeah. I, my, you know, my close friends and, and some folks who, who maybe remember from, from last week, my very close friend passed away and, and um, she didn't tell anyone. She found out she was sick in June. The only person who knew from close to that point was her sister, um, not even her parents. And she, she has six kids. She didn't tell the kids till after the new year so that they could have, a, you know, a beautiful holiday season. And, and a lot of the comments in my friend's circle is, why didn't she tell anyone? And I wish she would have told us we could have this, we could have that. And, you know, and, and they weren't mean per se you know it, like, I don't even want to say per se they weren't mean comments but I, 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 I very physically feel inside myself that's selfish um, it's not for us to decide how she chose to handle it I of course wish she would have called me you know whatever June 2nd June 8th when it, the day she found out I wish she would have called me and, and I of course would have adjusted you know my friendship pattern with her but maybe that was the point maybe she what she needed to hand, to handle it was for nothing to change and it would be selfish of me to feel bad about her choice because i wasn't i wasn't given choices that i would have liked to have had but we're getting we're, we're getting emotionally deep. Um, but I do want to thank you, Becky, actually, because you know we we have a an actual friendship, and you reminded me in no words, just in 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 our interactions and things, to remember the caregiver. I have a a, a very dear friend who has twins, and and um, the boy is is very very. Um, um, uh, on the autism spectrum, he's he's very high on the on the spectrum, and it's difficult being able to manage, you know, one um, child who's completely um, educationally. Mark, give me good terminology, but you know, one child that is has no um, developmental issues, and one that is so severe that it takes almost all of the attention, all oh, sure. of sure. the moment that they're that they're awake, you know, and and. <laughs> The, the feeling of I'm not providing my other child with what they need and how to, you know, how do I get through the day? And it, because of my interactions with you, Becky, I've, I've reached out more to my friend and, and we've had some really deep conversations. And, and I, I know from some of the things that she said that having somebody just to listen and, and not throw back advice, oh, you should try this. Oh, you should try that. To just yeah. hear it and 
validate what she's saying. And I, I'm, I'm not sure I would have come across my consciousness if, if you and I, you know, hadn't had some of the conversations we have. Mark, you wanna, you wanna jump in here? Uh, I'm sure. I'm not exactly sure why this thought has uh, used the word of the moment triggered uh, in uh, based on what you just said. But you know, we so so my dad uh, passed away in 2003. And over the years, I've thought to myself, you know, huh, I wonder if my mom would be interested in maybe find you know finding find another another gent. And one one time, I said to my mom, I said, "You know, look, I you know, I hope you know, mom, that if this was ever something of you know of interest to you, if you wanted to spend time with another guy." And my mother is hilarious. She's such a straight shooter, you know. Uh, and and she said. Look, I mean, I miss your dad a lot, but on the other hand, I don't need to. I've spent 37 years taking care of another guy. I'm not doing that again. And it's just hilarious, right? You know, she's she's going on. She went on to say, oh, I just, you know, I enjoy my time, uh, you know, to myself, and I can come and go as I want and all the rest of it. And uh, so uh, here's a shameless uh, plug for, for ACB, but one of the things I bought at the uh, auction in December, along with an opportunity to host your show, <laughs> sir, well, which was good fun, uh, was a Cracker Barrel uh, uh, gift card. And so my dear sweet mommy and a few of her little Lutheran lady friends are for Valentine's Day going off to the Cracker Barrel to have a lovely little lunch. And she and her fellow widows are there. And that's how they are going to be celebrating today, which I think they're calling it Galentine's Day. Like, you know, the gals are getting together, which is cute, you know. So it's kind of neat, right? But I mean, anyway, this is a, a lot of miscellaneous stuff to say. Yeah, I mean, I think when we, uh, you know, people leave our lives and however they leave it, because they leave this world or we have a falling out or whatever, I you know there's always that empty space there. And yet, um, you know, again, it's reaching out to those that we do have in our lives to share the, the thoughts. And, and my mother's even told me this, too, where when she gets together, you know, she likes to play bridge. So she has her little bridge club and that, you know, she'll go and sit there with them. And in the course of a three hour period of time, with bridge being the thing that brings them together, they'll be laughing about their times as they relate their stories with their husbands Uh Someone out of the clear blue, talk about a trigger, right? Something will, something that someone says or another memory. Next thing you know, someone's got tears. And, you know, sure, are there some grumpaluppicuses in the room who don't like that and, you know, sigh or, you know, do an eye roll or have a frustrated, uncomfortable look when someone's going through? Sure. But for the most part, you know, as my mom said, that's why we're there. I mean, the, you know, the bridge or the whatever it is that we're doing, that's almost incidental to the the communion that they're having with each other. Well, first off, I love how much Mark loves his mommy. <laughs> I do. I do. She's an awesome lady. But I think it's a perfect segue into, you know, part of the, the conversation that you you had brought to our outline for today, um, which which I, I'm always interested in having, you know, and it, it, it sort of falls into we're a grassroots organization here you know, do we, do we pick up the pieces of community? And, and I don't mean the call structure, you know, and the wonderful emails that we get every day. I, I mean, the community of taking care of each other 
you know, do we hit the beats as an organization? Are, are we hitting our membership with the love that we profess to do everything in? Um, and, and I know you have a few thoughts to start the conversation, Mark, so feel free. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not really sure what else to, to say as a springboard for that other than um, to, uh, again, that's only, only a thing that a nerd would say. So, of course, I love the writings of C.S. Lewis, and, uh, you know, people are pretty familiar with C.S. Lewis's Four Loves. So, of course, uh, you know, Eros or Erotic Love is one of them. And the others, you know, that sort of familial love uh, is another one, a, you know, well, brotherly or, you know, a friendship love. Uh, is one. And then, of course, the one that uh, tends to be, and he was meant this explicitly in a Christian frame, uh, but the notion of agape or, you know, a sacrificial love. So not really entirely sure how much uh, Eros plays uh, in the ACD community. This would be the time if I were wanting to be off color, we could talk about, you know, the uh, some the role that some people see for in-person conventions. But I think We'll leave that for a uh, a late night. So maybe that's a maybe that's a clubhouse conversation. I don't know. Uh, but the other three, right? That sort of that sense of family warmth, or the sense of a uh, you know a um, a friendship, but especially that last thing, this sort of sacrificial love, love for the you know an issue or love for people that is manifest by making sacrifices for them. Um, that's a real challenge, and, and maybe not just for ACB, but for any organization, any group that comes together. But in our case, a membership organization, you know, what sacrifices have we made for "quote unquote" our people? What should we be thinking uh, we should be doing uh, that in a way that shows that we intend to um, give of ourselves for our people and for our our community? I think it's a worth it's a worthy challenging questions you know i i I, um would like to put my executive producer slash you know cohort on on the spot here bryn um i I wonder what your thoughts are on are you feeling the love of the organization and and um you know you've had a a wonderful um couple of months with with being truly yourself with the organization what's been the response back Oh, friend might be multitasking. So you know what, Becky, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I think I think the community has um, provided a, a, a good um, place for for many of us. Um, you know, the last couple of years has been hard for all of us. So I think it's been good. I think it's helped friendships form um you know i i've i've learned new things myself and i've i've met new people and you know i think i think things are are um i think it was good as far as um you know where we are i i think there's a a long ways to go um not just with the community but i think acb is doing its best and um, you know, I think we all fit in somewhere is just trying to figure out where everybody fits in and how it fits in. It's kind of like a puzzle. Um, and, and I think, I think like any group or any organization or, or any friendship, even there's always room for growth. 
Um, it's just finding, finding and accepting where that change or growth needs to be. And then, um, putting something towards it. You know, we, we all talk about, um, things that we need to do or should do, but then do we actually do it? Um, and I'm talking kind of on a personal basis, plus a, uh, you know, group basis as in, you know, the community or, or even, you know, this call, I, I know I kept saying, you know, I'll be there, I'll be there. And some Sundays I am, and some Sundays I'm not, but, um, you know, it's a matter of what's, what's important to keep things moving in a positive direction. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of something we all need to think about and, and how we fit into that and where we can do things differently. Absolutely. And what are your thoughts on, you know, folks that have a lot of opinions and a lot of asks for from, you know, the community. And again, not just the, the, the call structure, but, you know, our advocacy efforts, our, you know, that we're here as grassroots and we're here to, to walk alongside each other. Um, you know, my, my first and, and always primary thought is, well, you know, if you have something to ask, then you have something to give. Um, and you should always have something to give, even if you don't have an ask. So, you know, I, I always kind of evaluate when looking over the lists and being on calls and, and just interacting with our community, you know, what's the balance of someone that's, that's talking or writing, you know, how much do I see that they're giving versus, you know, how much are they asking? And I, I wonder, do you think that there, there's a really good balance in, in our organization of ask and give? Mark? Oh, gosh, thanks for that easy question. Um, I guess if I had somebody shooting me up with sodium pentothal, I'd probably say no. I'd probably say I think there are um, instances where I think there is an expect. Look, I mean, a, a sense of entitlement is is fairly widely evident in I think a lot of communities and I don't know if I would say it's a majority of us at all that's probably super unfair I do think there are a lot of people who expect that hey since I'm a member um, you all work for me so uh, you know I, I used to look I mean I'm, I'm an officer at another organization another membership organization our professional association every less one of the members in that group think that I work for them and in a certain sense, I guess I do, or our staff does. But the reality of it is, I mean, the whole point for being involved is to be, I mean, your member dues are quite literally the least you can do. And 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 so the rest of the involvement isn't so much what can they do for me as much as it is, well, how can I pitch in? My member dues are a tangible way that I can say to everybody, I agree with you, I am committed to this group and that's the opening salvo in and you know so here I am you know doing the rest and what else can I do or how am I willing to pitch in that too even that impulse can be turned into a sense of entitlement which is to say I've paid my member dues I want to pitch back in I know all the right answers and so I demand that you let me as an individual member 
do do for this organization or drag you all kicking and screaming in this or that direction, whether you want to or not. So I mean, you know, it's a it's a it's a balancing act. But the tangible example, Anthony, I'll give you is something that a number of us talked about when we were running for office in ECV in 2019 uh, about how the organization needs to reach out more to and adapt to and be welcoming to an older community of folks experiencing vision loss who will never, ever, ever, whether they should or not, will never identify themselves as being blind or visually impaired, right? These are older people who aren't blind, they just can't see too well. And, uh, and the truth is that is, I mean, just exponentially the largest potential uh, population of ACB or consumer organization members generally. And is ACB doing more? Well, I know AAVL is certainly doing some awesome things. Uh, we're working with them, some of us, all the time uh, on aging-related legislation. But it's not just about legislation. It's a you know, it's a wider community effort, coalition effort, to try to change some things and all of that. I, I have to say, I don't really see a whole lot of you know, sort of ACB's willingness, all of us as an organization to say, you know what, maybe we do need to start not only thinking about ourselves differently or talking about ourselves differently, uh, but acting a little bit differently to make sure that we are actively reaching out to uh, that older population of folks who, you know, might in fact actually be spooked by the word blind, whether they should be or not. And, you know, we've had that conversation, too, if people say, well, look, we don't want them to be spooked by it. They, we want them, don't, don't we want to try to change what it means or the perception of blindness? Yeah, we do. But maybe, maybe the tactic is not to force that philosophy or that doctrine down people's throats and expect them to com- conform to us. Maybe it's much more about creating a welcoming environment for people who don't identify or think of themselves or perceive themselves the way that perhaps some of us do. And then in community together with them and us, we can learn from each other. I, I think, I think we have a long way to go when it comes to that. Yeah. I, I often, you know, especially on some of like the message boards and the Facebook groups and things, you'll, you'll see a certain prevalence of conversation. And, and I think it particularly offends me because I am a serial dictator. And <laughs> I, I kind of feel like if there's one or two mistakes in something that is a, what I call a frivolous communication, like often people say, why didn't you correct that in a text message? And I'm like, because they know what I mean. Two minutes it's gonna, it's gonna take to correct it. I'm gonna have three more messages coming in from them. And anyway, you know, and often I'll have the conversation with my sighted friends, like, okay, you know, so if you see a word that looks a little funny, just think about it for a second. Um, because you know, dictation sucks. But yeah. um, I digress is known to do. You know, I there are a lot of those conversations where, you know, if you go into the comments, you know, somebody will be like literally beat up over and and i think to myself you know i remember when i first came into the community and and i didn't know anything when they were saying oh you know use your rotor use your what you know like, yeah. i have no idea what yeah. you're talking about. i didn't know you could edit like, you know the, the the learning process wasn't there yet um and and you know now i admit i'm a serial dictator and and i often don't care and don't i don't do that on acp communications anymore though um yeah. learn my lesson there uh, <laughs> but, um, you, you know 
but I see those conversations and I'm like, we're doing this to each other. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we don't have, we don't have a, tr- um, compassion grade, I guess you could say, you know, to, to say in the grand scheme of things, A, is this really important? It, you know, if it, if it offends you, then you scroll to the next post. There's thousands and thousands <laughs> available for you to read. If, if yeah. you know, if a situation or dictation ever bothers you that much, unfollow, move to the next post. But, yeah. you know, to take the time to, to make someone know that you saw it and you're commenting on it and you don't like it, that's a lot of negative energy to put in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's I, I as soon as you say that, I hear people. I, I I remember people hearing the voices in my little head saying, you know, but look, it's a consumer organization. We have every expectation to hold other blind people to a certain standard of performance. And after all, come on, get your act together. And and you know what? It's not that I disagree with that. I think it is true that organizations of and for the blind should be able to articulate a positive message of this is how things should. Uh, this, this is how you can be, as one guy put it, a professional blind person. He didn't mean necessarily having a paid job with a white collar. He meant to be a truly professional blind person, to be professional in, in your experience of blindness. And that's a, that's a cool concept, right? But it's a different thing entirely to say, here's the standard for that, or here's what we think you really, if you want to be proficient, and living life as a blind person, and then deciding to, you know, whack at the person next to you for their personal failings. That's not a that's not a professional uh, way to handle that situation in that sense. Stand for a standard if you if if you need to, and I think in a lot of cases there are good valid reasons for for that. But it's the implementation of it when we decide to individually be judge and jury with each other. Uh, where that breaks down and all that does is just create resentment and, you know, frankly, not honoring that we are all in a, a bit of a journey. And, you know, I just got to say that whole thing about, you know, take the two by four out of your own eye before you take a speck out of the other person's eye. I mean, we can learn a lot from that because I got to tell you, a lot of the people that are nitpicking at other people for their lack of knowledge about how to use assistive tech or how they do this or how they do that. Let me tell you something. I've been around this field for a heck of a long time, and I've been in this organization for a long time. And there are a lot of people wandering around with two by fours uh, in their eyeballs, uh, blind or otherwise. And uh, you know, they should spend a little bit more time thinking about extracting those before they start smacking the rest of us down for a little piece of sand in our own eyes. Yeah, and it's you know, there's there's needs and always should be room for difference of opinion. It's sure. no secret that, you know, I recently started uh, Braille classes, learning. <clears throat> and, uh-huh. and I know, and, and somebody on one side of the spectrum chastised me for making a statement like this, but I know myself. I'm never going to get to the place where I sit down and do, you know, Gone with the Wind or Anne Rice or War and Peace, you know, in Braille format. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, my goal is to be able to, you know, get to a place where I can bullet point speeches, be able to pull up facts, you know, especially for the job that I'm in now, you sure. know, I need to pull up facts quickly and be able to rattle things off. And you're talking legislative code for 50 different states, except, you know, Braille is going to be a tool in my arsenal that is going to help me. Right. Um, you know, I, I, 
probably should want to be able to get to the level where I can read War and Peace at the same level where I can listen to it in an audio format. But, you know, the life that I live, I have to make, you know, I have to make decisions that are going to be, and for me, I will, I want to be proficient enough to be able to read and write it. Um, you know, and, but for those who don't have the same expectations, if you don't think you don't, that you, Braille is going to enhance your life, then God bless. You know, it's yeah. like the you know, former smoker of which I am, um, but I'm not. You know, I'm never going to tell anyone else you shouldn't smoke or that's nasty or disgusting, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, it it was a choice that I made when I smoked, and it was a choice that I made that I didn't want to anymore. And I'm not going to put any kind of judgment on somebody else for the choice that they're making. But you know, rolling back because I always digress. You know, rolling back to to the point of it, if Braille or any other piece is, is not right or you have a fear base, you don't, you know, you're afraid of technology, all of those things, and God bless. You know, we have yeah. to meet people where they are, but set the example of where they could be and then encourage the fact that if they want to get there, we're there for you. And well, if it's I, not for you, we're there right. for you. You're right. And, and, you and us, we're there for you. But and, and, as Becky was, and as Becky was saying, people may very well change their mind. I mean, you may think there's no way in the world I'm going to change my mind about wanting to read War and Peace. But the truth is, dude, you, you could get much more into this Braille thing. And honestly, you don't know how many of us really know what the future holds. And you may very well discover, you know, we talk to you five years from now and you're going to, you know what? Yeah, it's become a lot bigger part of my life than I ever thought it would be. And I'm really grateful for it. And it's awesome. Well, you know what? That's exactly the point. We, we treat each other sometimes like the failure of today, not my, my perception of, you know, your failure, whatever, today, right? We, we treat that like, oh, we've discovered a fundamental flaw in your character because you aren't doing, you don't have a piece of knowledge that I have today. And we treat it like that's a forever thing. And it's like, it just, just stick. With, and I actually really like your smoking example. And it's, it's kind of, uh, it's a negative example in a way, but it, it's, it's true. I think we can all understand that nicotine's bad for you. Smoking's dangerous to your health. One thing to talk about that as a, and, and say that, recognize it, be truthful about it. And it's another thing entirely to wander up to somebody who's not invited you into their world and you know berate them in in that sense right that you can let a standard speak for itself without being rude you know earlier you and and you're just bringing up a memory for me that i'm suppressing a laugh but um you know earlier you mentioned you were a child of the 70s i'm a i'm a child of the the 80s i say because i was born in the 70s um <laughs> you you remember those those classroom videos that that they would present to to teach you something oh, yeah. um and you know there was one and the kid had one of those like um the hand squirt bottles um uh-huh. like misting the misting bottles uh-huh. and the kid was misting out the parent's cigarette yeah and then going the you know the speech of what we learned today in class and 
I mean, I, I hope, I'm pretty sure, but I don't know this for sure. I hope they don't show videos like that in school anymore. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm thinking to myself, imagine all those kids, you know, picking up a squirt bottle and, and putting out mom's cigarette while she's trying to get dinner, you know, dinner dishes done and homework <laughs> finished. Yeah, that's going to go off real well. Yeah. But, you know, all that to say, it, it, it's everybody, you know, nobody ever lights that cigarette and thinks to themselves, this is so wonderful. I, I you know, I, I know that <laughs> I'm going to be a better person for if lit this. Yeah. We, know it's, we know it's nasty. We know it, you know, it smells nasty. It, it, it even tastes nasty, but man paired up with a, with a cup of coffee and it's like heaven. We, we know it's nasty, but also we, we know it's our choice. And then one day we don't want to do it anymore. And, and it works differently for everyone. Um, I'm still chewing my nicotine gum, you know, two years into non-smoking, but it's, but I, I'm sorry, we've gone off the path, Mark. We're, no, we're but you know, honestly, God, I mean, it, it, it does seem random, but the truth is you, you, we launched into this because of our, our love for our consumer organization. How does our consumer organization demonstrate love? How can it do better? I mean, I do think, and I don't know if this is even, uh, it, it, well, I know it's not limited only to ACB. I think all of us in the blindness community, probably even the wider disability community, can um, can love on each other a little bit better by, you know, let's 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 come to some kind of agreement on the general sort of standards of things or what's good for the community and make that a positive set of messaging, and then chill, have have a little bit of a, okay, the Lutheran is coming out of me again. Have a little bit of grace. Have a little bit of mercy. Uh, on other people. And and that doesn't mean that you compromise on truth, but you don't need to wander around with truth like your spray bottle, right? Truth is not your spray bottle. Yeah. Let the truth be the truth. And for sure, in corporate settings, that's great. We can declare it. That's fine. But corporately, uh, you know, s- adhering to a standard and then how do I treat my neighbor is a, is a, there's a significant, uh, deficit, I think, in the way that we we do that. And of course, in today's culture, where, you know, there's so much of the political correctness that happens, a lot of which we can get uh, value from. And yet there is there is a way to, I think, handle that uh, that isn't so uh, demeaning or in the moment judgmental to, you know, for between one human being and another. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm going to throw in another personal anecdote. I, I was just visiting my sister in Virginia um, a few weeks ago, and, and we were sitting around with her two neighbors that live upstairs. And, um, you know, one of them is is um, a lady of a certain age um, and, and very what you would think of as a very Virginia lady, um, child and, and, and um, <laughs> you know. And wanted to just keep feeding me and but was asking a lot of questions about blindness, you know, out of pure curiosity. Sure. And anybody who listens to Sunday edition knows that, you know, I, I fancy myself an amateur comedian. So, you know, somehow or another, we got onto the, the topic of convention and, and, and I started what I call my quote unquote, and I'm doing the air quotes stick, you know, rushing the elevators and, and some of the, <laughs> the funny things that, you know, and come on, and and all of us have done it. We've all joked amongst ourselves. You know, our our fun convention experiences. But it's like, you know, if they chose at that moment to shine the spotlight on the blind community, to be like, oh man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
and, and so, you know, I'm, I'm revealing a couple of stories in my jocular, you know, kind of delivery. And, and she had said at one point, she's like, Oh, child, should you be saying those things? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, if I don't, who will? And yeah, of course I should be saying them because you know, I, I told you all the good and beautiful things about about the convention. These are some of the fun things. And, you know, are they challenging in the moment? Yeah. Do I even sometimes, you know, walk outside and go, damn, I wish I had a cigarette? Yeah. But, you know, as I'm revealing them now, you know, it's it's bombing on that feeling. And it's also recognition that, you know, life happens in every stage in every way. And just because it's happening for me this way, it doesn't mean it's going to happen for, you know, Sheila or Bryn or you or Becky. Right. Of course. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, let's, um, oh, go ahead, Beck. Oh, the other thing I was, um, I, I, I was going to bring up is that, you know, um, everybody has um, their own interpretation and their own idea. Um, and I think one thing that would be helpful uh, not just with, and I'm not just thinking ACB, but all, all, overall, is if people would take time to find out what other people uh, would like to see, want, think, um, because it's not just a one-man show and it's not just two people running everything. It's got to be a group and it's got to be a community effort. So, you know, I think it's important that we all take time to, to listen to everyone not just one or two people um before huge um decisions are made um you know when when i'm going to uh, take a new job i'm gonna i'm going to go and and seek um recommendation and, and advice from different people some people may say it's good some people may not say it's good or that's a good company or not a good company and and I think that's something that we, um, as a community, both ACB and, and all the way around, need to um, to listen to the other folks and not always be the one that's talking or the one that's um, making the decision, but let other other people be part of that decision making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- you know, and to go on a side tangent, and we're going to open it up to to our audience in a moment, but I was in a job interview not long ago, and we got onto the topic, and, and the prospective employer is very accessibility-minded, um, but at the same point in time, you know, proprietary software, all of that kind of stuff, and, and was very aware that um, glitches in the system, their, their software often updates, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and that it consistently happens, and you know, I was talking about workarounds and, and, and I found myself talking about ACB because it was like, you know, honestly, that doesn't scare me because I have a community of folks. I can send out an email and, and you know, usually within 10 minutes to a half hour, I've got four or five different answers. Yeah. Um, and that's such that's such the wonderful thing about our community. But at the same time, you know, there is still that that sting of where the question is coming from. We, we still haven't done the job of educating enough. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's accessibility minded as the person was, the way the question was framed, I knew instantly, wow, you know, she doesn't get it. Um, you know, she gets accessibility, but she doesn't get it. And, and 
but I had this great reference of my ACB community. You know, there there's an expert in everything associated with blindness and so many other things in life within my community that my first thought whenever I have a question, whether it's blindness related or not, is let me go to my community and find out. Mark, Becky, any thoughts on that before we open it up to our listeners? No, I think you got it. That's good. I, I, think, right. it, I think it is time to seek whatever other people think. Yeah, so you know, going back to our original topic, to Cupid or not to Cupid, or if you want to weigh in on where the love with ACB is in you know your personal opinion or organizationally structured, let's um let's check the hands, Sheila. Janine, awesome, cool. So um, <laughs> earlier when you said, did we have any hands? I wanted um to say something because you brought something up, and I know that I talk about Valentine's Day a lot, but. For me, because um, the conversation that moved to triggering and stuff, I, I just want to say, for me, my whole life, ever since I was a little girl, um, Valentine's Day is always about love and doing like random acts of kindness and volunteerism and getting my friends involved to do a project or to do a limousine scavenger hunt or to check out a part of a city that we haven't seen. So going above and beyond, like getting a group of friends together to do things. Like I talk about love is love is love, but I understand because of the commercialism, like I love a great rom-com and I love Hallmark and I love flowers and hearts and teddy bears but I know what it's like to be on the other side for those people I'm there for my friends who are like I I hate Valentine's Day because I don't have a partner and they just get so depressed and it's hard so it's like well let's just do a friend thing let's have a friend dinner. So I, I really love that Becky did that. So like whenever I would date someone, I'd be like, okay, so for Valentine's day, all my friends are coming, you know that, right? So I'm like, and even now I am lucky now to have a partner who is my best friend. He is amazing. And we, we haven't really, well, it's me. So we do lots of Valentine things, but I organize things for my friends and I send Valentine cards to my doctor's office. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Christmas, people do those things for Christmas and they share the love and they share the season. But I think because of the commercialism and all that expectation that's out there, there's a lot of emotions and triggers and depression that comes from Valentine's Day. So I tend to reach out more on Valentine's Day than I do on Christmas because Christmas is covered. Everybody loves Christmas. Everybody does, everybody does baking for Christmas. People don't tend to do it for Valentine's Day. So I think doing random acts of kindness, like going to the grocery store or Starbucks or wherever and paying for the person behind you, like, okay, here's $5. That person can get whatever they want or paying the toll on the bridge when you're going across the Golden Gate Bridge. Like I got the person behind me, you know, just little things like that um, on Valentine's Day and every day, but Valentine's Day above others is really good. So for me, that's it. And so I wanted to talk about that in the friendship level. Like I, I do, I, I do get squealy about it because I love hearts and teddy <laughs> bears and, and not chocolate, but I make chocolate, but like, um, I like gummy bears and fruity things you can suck on. So like lollipops and candy, but anyway, um, 
So, and love is love is love. So I try to do an activity. Like I like to go to a water park on Valentine's day because nobody goes to the water park on the Valentine's day in Florida. It's empty. They're all going to Disney. Have fun y'all. So oh. I want to talk about the love of ACB. Um, Cause this is a topic for me. So I am newer to the ACB community as well, and um, my blindness journey is different, but I did not feel the love. I don't feel the love from ACB. Um, I, I have dialed back from national, and I'm focusing more on my state and my local chapters um, because I think I, I can maybe talk to them more, and they're more receptive, but national tends to forget people who are losing their vision just lost their vision adjusting to it like oh i'm not blind i just can't see well or people like you and i who lost our vision they they forget a lot of things like we don't know how to be blind we just have lived powerful sighted lives and no. you th there's no. a lot of alphabet and when i ask the alphabet people get like you should know that or the things that I want to advocate for, oh, oh, honey, you, you just need to accept it. Why? What's the point of advocating for anything if I can't advocate for this that I feel strongly about? We should not just accept. We should just not accept. And you and I have talked about it, but we should not just accept. Like, we have imperatives. And I know our organization, I know ACB has imperatives and NFB has different imperatives. And it's like, okay, well, at least someone's fighting for blind issues. But um, as a member of ACB, I don't get a membership card. I only get a donation letter. Like, will you donate to me? And then I get my end of the year statement of what I've donated. But it's like, you could send a membership card or a nice little like signature guide. Thanks for being a member of ACB. Like something tangible, something that shows you care about us. Or there should be someone that calls you to say, hey, thank you for being a member. How are you doing? Like, I know we have community calls there's all these rules now. So it was different when we first started. So no, I don't feel the love of ACB and I don't feel the community love that used to be there. So for me, that's what it is. So I'm focusing on my state and my chapter and I feel the love in Florida. I will forever, ever, ever thank Florida Council of the Blind for the first blind thing I ever went to was their hybrid convention. That was before ACB did the hybrid convention. And, the, and it opened my mind up to everything blind. I didn't know the alphabet, but it's okay. Like Claire Stanley was there and Joel Snyder. Like there were so many topics because it was hybrid. So I'm so grateful to Florida Council of the Blind, no matter what. But ACB, when I went to that convention, no, no love. They, they don't tell you the letters. So I really hope that it gets better because I don't like feeling stupid. That's, and I don't feel like feeling like I don't matter. That's, that's a pretty powerful statement. Um, I will definitely say you and I um, agree on a lot of things, um, but, you know, I have often been known to say, you know, where is the grant for, we talk about, you know, over a million volunteer hours, where is the grant to send something back? to, you know, all of those thousands of hours of hosting, all of the, you know, I'm a streamer and, and obviously putting on programs and leading committees. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to check. I don't, but, you know, where's the acknowledgement? It's, it's nice at a board meeting, mm -hmm. a million, you know, a million volunteer hours or David Trot here on Sunday edition. Love you, David, not criticizing you. 
but I, I do truly believe that there should be um, there should be some sort of acknowledgement beyond, you know, a, a lumped in conglomeration of, of what's happening and how it benefits the organization. Um, I like you also, I, I never received any kind of new member orientation or packet or welcome or anything. Um, when the community came around, as far as now I'm talking about the calls, I definitely really felt it. Um, you'd go into mm -hmm. certain calls and you just felt welcomed and and but that's us that's the grassroots part um mm -hmm. Marco, becky did you did you want to follow up with janine on on anything she said um you know i, I think i i think she has a point um you know because there are people that have even said to me you know i i don't understand i don't i don't get it um and and i think it's not just ACB as a whole. I think all of us, um, she mentioned Florida, which sounds like Florida is doing some great things. Um, each affiliate, whether it's a state or a special interest, um, I, I think each affiliate is responsible for a piece of the pie, um, making people feel welcome, making people feel a part. I know that's one of the things that I'm part of ACB Diabetics in Action and and I know um, recently I had somebody say to me, you know, I never knew what ACBDA stood for. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're so full of the letters, ACBDA, yeah. um, BITS, B-I-T-S, um, uh, BPI. I mean, we're all full of these letters that people don't know what they mean. Um, mm -hmm. It's a price to hear that. And um, she said, you know, I, I would have joined you a year ago, but I didn't know what it meant until I actually saw it spelled out. And she's like, then I knew it was a place that I needed to be. And I thought, wow, that, that is, you know, and so I'm trying more, um, in ACBDA is, is saying ACB diabetics in action, which is kind of go on, but, um, you know, I think we all need to no matter where we are within ACB or even our individual communities, be more aware of the people around us and um, be more inclusive um, because that's, that's where the membership is going to be. And that's where people are going to be willing to say, I can do that. Um, I will volunteer to help with that because that's something I can do. Um, or yeah. letting people know that this has been a struggle of mine in several areas is what, what do you need done? Um, what do we need to do or where do, what is our focus? Um, be more clear about what we want to do and where we want to go. Um, and I think that's important is, is knowing where we want to go and then not yeah. just how can we get there? And how can we involve everyone? Um, you know, how can we involve the Janines? How can we involve the mm -hmm. aunts? And, and everybody's going to have a different level. I know for me, I'm not as involved as I would like to be um, due to personal situations and, and my goodness, working all the time. But there's people out there that may not be working and have eight hours a day that they can volunteer doing stuff. Um, and, and I, I think that's 
where um, we all need to kind of be mindful of people's situation and how they can fit in and, and allowing them to fit in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think so many people are, I've got it. I got it. Um, And then, Oh, I don't have it, but I don't want somebody else to do it because they're not going to do it as good as me. And we need to get rid of that um, mindset that my way or the highway or uh, my way is better because somebody else might have a different idea. And, and I think that's one of the things I, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't brag on ACBDA, but it's (laughs) really, I'm about to brag on BPR, so go ahead. It's really grown in the last, you know, year and a half or two. And, and, and I just have to sit back and reflect as to where it was when I came um, and where it is now. And it's, I think a lot of it was, is putting people together and um, not having it always be the people that are in charge that are doing everything because not one person can do it all. Um, Mm -hmm. That's something that I would like to see personally more um, with ACB is, is reaching out to the members and finding out what they want or they need and how they can help fit into the puzzle. Um, Because obviously it's this, there's only so many people on the staff and the staff can only do so much. Um, And because it is volunteerism, then it's going to be up to the members to keep it going. But if only two members are doing it and there's 200 members that could be doing it, let's see where they, they fit in and where they can, you know, help move, um, move us forward. Because I think that's going to be important is, is moving people into position. Um, There's a lot of younger people that don't know how they fit in don't know where they fit in um and the and I'm not saying younger as in I guess I am kind of age is a factor but even the newbies you know um so Mm -hmm. many and I even found this out myself so many of the the old timers or the people that know everything um I I felt lost because I didn't know where I fit in I don't know where I fit in um and if you want me to uh, come in as a, a new person or a young person um, because let's face it a lot of ACB is a lot of older people um, which is good because there's a lot of knowledge there but how do we get more people young people involved mm-hmm. um, listen to them and and help them to see what the direction is and where we're going um, I, I think that's important yeah. that's when so, I'm going to illustrate all this and and um, brag on BPI at the same time. So <laughs> there and and folks in na- at the national level, um, you know, state and, and special interest affiliate level. Not my president, though. I can definitely say that um, BPI has a lot of members that are you know multiple organization members. You know, they might be GDY and bids and so on and so forth. We have a lot of members that are members of both consumer organizations and a lot of the other organization members come because we have the intersectionality in the space that that organization currently doesn't offer. And, you know, almost half of our members 
are what we call allies. They're they're not LGBTQ plus in their in their life, but they are allies. And so you know, we've had a bunch of conversations recently about advocacy, including a couple of us who are life members of the organization. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we've been having these conversations and advocacy, and our upcoming one on February twentieth is actually what does it mean to be an ally um not only for the lgbtq community or for the disabled community but for you know what is what is an ally and and we go through um you know what it means to be a good ally and whether or not you know standing on the side um you know enter the fray all of that good stuff and and i say all this because in the course of the conversations leading up to all this we've had multiple instances of of folks in our group saying, you know, we came to BPI because you guys are so responsive. Because when we send a communication, we get something back, you know, almost immediately because you're inviting, you're listening. Every session that you guys have, you're wanting the feedback, you're wanting to expand upon what can we do next, et cetera. And, you know, then it turns into the gripe session as most conversations. And that's not a ACB thing. That's a human thing. And it turns into the gripe session. And the number one gripe that seems to come out of it is lack of communication or miss, um, you know, misfires at communication, you know, where it could have been, where it should have been, you know, or emails or phone calls that just go unresponded to. And so, you know, it makes me think, you know, folks out there who are in leadership position, if you, if you want new members, and, and I don't think that there's an affiliate, I don't think there's a committee, I don't think there's a, an entity out there who could say, no, we've got all the members we need, we've got everything covered, you know, keep reaching out to the folks, especially you want them to, to spend a little money. You want them to come to programming and be involved. You want them to spend a heck of a lot of money at auctions. Well, you, you got to give them something back. And especially when they're new, you, you got to pull them in. You got to enfold them, give them reasons to want to keep coming back. But um, we've been going on on this topic for a while. Thank you so much, Janine, for, for that perspective. I hope folks out there are listening. Sheila, who's next? You don't have any hands. Well, that's a good uh, uh reason or excuse <laughs> for me to weigh in. So I'm really curious uh, to see if, if you had the same experience. So uh, the, the young lady uh, who I used to be married to some 17 years ago, and she and I are still friends, but um, uh, when we were first together, and I think it was actually my first ACB convention, which I think was 1995 in Greensboro, North Carolina. And so she and I were traveling from uh, D.C. area to the convention. Then she and I were going to spend time with my parents who were in the summertime living in North Carolina. So it was a nice little trip. So so talk about somebody who had no real, other than knowing me, she had no real familiarity with the blindness world. And uh, she was a sign language interpreter. So she's no stranger to obviously the deafness world or the disability community and all of our disability community quirkiness and all of that but she had no idea it was totally plunged into the deep end as i was with the first acb convention and seeing all those acronyms and what's hilarious she came across the acronym rsva 
And very, very innocently, she said, RSVA, does that stand for Residually Cited Veterans of America? Is it? No, no, that's not. I, I at least knew what R, RSVA stood for. But it's, it's exactly one of those things where you get thrown in the deep end, there's all of these letters, and you think, what does all this mean? And maybe it's unavoidable when you have so many special interest affiliates and other acronyms floating around uh, in our world. We can debate whether they're, they're, they all those letters are as valuable as little acronyms as they need to be. The, the, the challenge is turning in all of those acronyms or knowing that as some kind of a sign of your loyalty to the organization, uh-huh. your, commitment, your commitment to the cause, how smart you are, how involved you need to be. I mean, you know, I've got my little areas that I think I have something to contribute in. And probably first on the top of that list is the policy stuff. There's a lot of stuff I don't know anything about. And I rely on people to, you know, piece it all together for me. It seems like that's what an organization of our size and all of that should be about. Just like we were talking about a few minutes ago, it isn't stop judging other people. And, uh, and, and the way that that frankly gets implemented sometimes in ACB is an issue. I'm not going to go through all the particulars of this because it ain't the subject of this program, but I have to tell you that in the last few years, I have felt like ACB has moved much more to a top-down oriented, almost authoritarian in some instances kind of uh, thing. There are probably a lot of people who would say, that is so unfair. I can't believe you would just say that. All I'll say to you is, I think there are some instances where, you know, even 10 years ago or 20 years ago, you would never have seen the president of the organization or other senior elected leaders get up at a meeting when there's a discussion and process and weigh in with their points of view in a deliberate attempt to try to sway the audience into voting a certain way or doing a certain thing. And let me tell you, I know who all those presidents were. I know them quite well. And they for sure had opinions about things that were going on at the time and would be more than happy <laughs> to tell you exactly how they felt about them. If you asked them at the bar or at the breakfast the next morning or whatever, and sometimes the temptation was too great for them to weigh in. But there's an awful lot more now, it seems like, of you know, sort of an assumption that if you reach a certain level of leadership, that that then entitles you to not simply lead by example or lead by your investment of time into other people, but to you know, essentially almost compel or uh, put, put an audience or put the membership in a position where my gosh, that's my that's my elected leader, and they have that opinion. I guess, wow, that really makes it hard for me to express a, a point of view in the opposite direction. Because who wants to be, who, who wants to be against the elected leaders? Why would we not want to support them whenever we can? You know what? I think we ought to support our elected leaders whenever we can. The problem is when you are a leader, it's very tempting sometimes to say, you know, with leadership comes privileges and I'm going to get up and I'm going to tell you how I feel about this. And we're going to have two or three of us in leadership queued up and ready to go. And it's going to be sort of orchestrated in advance because we need to make sure we stamp down this or that idea. And they're, they know they're not in a position to literally, you know, uh, by the numbers or, you know, stack the ballot box 
but it, there is that kind of interpersonal pressure that sometimes is brought to bear. It may be subtle in some cases. Sometimes it's been overt. I, I think that kind of thing is exactly what ACB is not about. Now, I also know that there are people, and I've been one of these people over the course of time, who have thought that maybe ACB had gone way in the other direction too, right? Because we were so reactionary, especially decades ago. Oh gosh, you know, top-down leadership is what you see in the other group. And we don't want to be the other group. So for heaven's sake, let's make sure that nobody leads in any real sense at, at, at the top level. You, you can't have that either, right? You, you've got to have a situation where leaders are elected to lead, staff leadership is, it needs to implement, and you got to let them do their jobs. Uh, so you don't want to have anarchy. But, but I, I, I wonder if maybe um, in order to, we, maybe we've overcompensated for that and if kind of the pendulum has swung back in a bit more of a different direction. And maybe that's just what happens. And, and, and maybe this is a bit of a phase and maybe we'll sort of see things swing back uh, uh, in a more equilibrium. Anyway, Anthony, those are my thoughts for now. No, I, you know, I, I kind of want to um, piggyback, so to speak, like, you know, picture it. We're at the penguin exhibit, but um, I'm going to lead us over to the otters right now <laughs> um, with what you were just saying. And, and also back to Janine and Becky in a certain way. And, and this is coming out of pure personal experience, folks, not other conversations or anything like that. But um, I think, you know, leadership, <laughs> wow, excuse me. I think leadership um, in this organization, and, and I think it happens in lots of nonprofit organizations. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that they forget that the dynamics that happen, all the interplay, all of the, you know, you were just talking about the politics of things. And, and you know, I can't speak for, for more than, you know, four, four years in this organization. So I, I can't speak about 10 years ago. Um, or anything like that, but you know, new folks coming in, we don't have any clue about all the politics that have happened, that are happening, all of the backdoor, back behind the scenes alliances, you, you know, all of the kind of juiciness, I'm going to call it, you know, the dynasty, the Aaron Spelling parts of the organization. So on top of, you know, acronyms and, and what is RSVA and, and who are these CCLV, what are their letters, who are those people, who are the BPI people, you also have the, the, the politic game and the alliances and, you know, who's been friends for 30 years and who's been, you know, frenemies for 30 years. And, and so, you know, when you're experiencing it and, and you're trying to pick apart the layers, almost like an onion, um, it, that can also, you know, I'm a strong personality, stuff like that doesn't bother me at all. But, you know, I often think to, to those who may have a different strength of personality or not so strong a personality and they're new to blindness and they're new to the organization and they catch it at the wrong moment, they're not coming back. I, I know I didn't go back to the other organization because I was told, you're not allowed to ask for, for directions and help when you're coming to that organization's meeting. And I was like, okay, I'm not even blinding. Yeah, how the hell did you want me to get here in the first place? Mm -hmm. No, I ain't come back here. But, um, you know, that's that's my little piggyback on, on your thoughts. Let's check with Sheila and see if any hands came up while we were pontificating. Well, this is Becky. I'm not Sheila, but I know Janine has her hand raised. So. Yeah, Janine, welcome back. <laughs> 
Thanks. So I love this discussion. I do. Um, and even, you know, Mark, to put a spotlight on you, when you were speaking earlier, you said A-A-V-I, A-A-V-I. And I didn't know what that was. Um, and so I'm like, okay, well, I have to go check what that is. <laughs> and that's, I think it's aging and vision loss. So I didn't know. So you got I, it. I now, you got it. In, instead of berating the person for just using their letters, I, um, I, yeah. So I, I do want to say though, like in the beginning of this big community, um, back when Cindy used to have her rocking chair calls with Phil and we weren't very big um, and it was small, Sheila Young um, said, okay, there's a community, maybe you should try this out. And it was very small. And yeah, it was like, everybody was friends and I didn't really feel fitting in or welcome. And, and I would talk and like, even when there were those calls, like everybody, we had a call when everybody was supposed to be included and they, they were like, what did you get? What was your favorite thing from this week? And it was 4th of July week. And I said, well, my favorite thing from this week is I went to a Cassidy Pope concert. And they're like, oh, I'm like, well, it's and and fireworks. It's 4th of July. Like, well, I don't have a rah-rah thing for this convention. I do have rah-rah things about FCB conventions. But um, so I got involved after the rocking chair things when it started to grow and there were more community events. And I was doing like five to seven calls a week. I wanted, um, I got involved with vision loss, friendship, travel. Um, I was doing a show kind of like yours. I, I would get different people to talk to. I brought in entertainment people. I did a boy band thing, you know, I, and, and then I came up with this concept of cooking because I think it's really important for cooking and to be able to cook. And, and now there's more cooks and I, I think that's great. But again, it's like, you know, it was before, if you build it, they will come like field of dreams. Cause I'm very baseball-y and, um, I, and, and Cindy was very welcome. If you have an idea, you can bring it and do it. And yeah, it was much more casual and much more inclusive. And I, I have the vision and I am a leader in my, in one, in my chapter affiliate and in my chapter, my goal one of my goals, and we are a team, I really want us to be a team, but my goal in our chapter is to make every single person feel welcome and important and call them and tell them, I'm so happy you're a member, but the community, I, I was putting my effort in, and then I just felt not appreciated, and and other things happened, and I couldn't be me anymore. It's like I had to fit into this bubble and accept the way the top-down things were, you know? And trying to get answers from people, they didn't know the answers. Like, I love Sheila Young. Let me just tell you, I love Sheila Young, and I'm grateful to her, even though we can go back and forth. Um, Sheila, I don't know. I'll get back to you. It's okay. <laughs> well, I don't know where she is, and maybe she's not listening. I'm right which... here. <laughs> um, so I want to say, Sheila and I have had our differences, and I reach out to her to get information, and I'm like... I didn't know about the NFB and then I did and I and they have an amazing theme song. So I said, Sheila, what's our theme song? We don't have a theme song. I'm like, Sheila, we, we must. No, we don't have. One. I'm like, yes, we do. And then there were walk songs. She's like, Janine, there's not a song. And I'm like, 
I'm, I'm going to research more, Sheila. And then there's a walk song every year, which is great. I, I love that. Um, but there's nowhere to find that walk song. It's not generally located for us to promote it and use it. Uh, I'm going to reel you back a little bit. But that, Let I... me just talk about that one song. So and hang on, Jindy and Anthony. Okay. You've got about three minutes, dear. Uh, yeah, I can... I got... the song is easy. It's wrapping up one minute, Jindy. Go ahead. Yeah, so I found the song and I told Sheila and she's like, oh, I didn't know. So it's like, you don't know what you don't know in this organization because no one talks about it or maybe they want to bury the song because they didn't like it. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, there's ways to get people included. Well, I do know that there is a president's, um, I don't know if it's listening lounge or fire lounge, whatever it is, there's a president's call this week. Um, the BOP has been having town halls, communities having town halls. So the so one thing, that I, I, not the one thing, but one of the things that I think we do as an organization is we, when we recognize that there are more opinions to be heard, we do put outlets out there for them to be heard. I, I think we could do better at implementing some of the things we hear, but that's, you know, that's a work in progress. And I sure, I'm sure we're all hoping and, and putting our volunteer hours into making that happen. Mark, Becky, this has been another amazing conversation. Bryn, Brad, and Sheila, thank you so much, for, as always, for being part of the team. Um, I don't remember what my topic is for next week, but I'm sure it's going to be a really good one. Uh, please join me again next Sunday. As always, if you have any questions or comments for the show, it is AC at gmail.com. Everybody have a blessed and beautiful week. You've been listening to Sunday Edition on ACB Media. Stream one. That's American Council of the Blind Media or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Episodes drop every week at 1 p.m. on Sundays. And you can email us at Sunday Edition AC, all one word, Sunday Edition with the letters AC at gmail.com. Let's brunch again together next Sunday.